from your cradle caps kinky curly we need to straighten you out yes deep condition me don't forget the extra sheen i want to gleam shine be brand new i mean be brain new i mean be branded because i don't know myself please give me a name toby me three-fifths me manufacture me until i repackage myself put myself in the box i used to think outside of but it's not rape if i pay you leave the money on the counter At least I was smart enough to genetically engineer my own confidence. With this Caucasian chiseled nose, I cannot smell the oppression. Monsanto ain't got nothing on this bleached complexion. Operation game, saline injected, my little pony's hair, Miss Potato Head body parts, my childhood toys resurrected. So when the snakes of Medusa put me under the dryer, burn the heat of my homeland out of me until I'm Norwegian blue, Swedish milk chocolate, A Danish damsel in a dress in distress. A Venus vixen salivate at my scaffolding. Be at awe as I defy gravity. How am I still standing without the knowledge of my architect? A leaning tower of pretend, but it's still not rape if I pay you. Leave the money on the counter. I bought it so it's mine. I bought into it, I invested. My religion is duplication. A Xerox machine in need of more paper. To pay you, to make me anything but me. A collapsed pyramid only wanting to be a dime, so please purge me of my origin. Ethnic cleanse me of my ancestors and replace them with all my colonizers. But no crime committed here, it's just hair and beauty, right? Well, you purchased that lie. You beautifully disguised consumed consumer, deeply conditioned, making everyone rich, but not seeing your own value. So you'll still continue to leave the money on the counter. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected woman, person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. We make Oh my god! This is Spoken Soul Sessions with 
is poetic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. different hats but spoken word artist is definitely definitely one of them let me give her the the proper introduction that she deserves I'm talking about none other than Najma 53 Nicole Najma Abraham aka Najma 53 is the 2018 Zanette Lewis Environmental and Social Justice Slam Champion, Yale, and 2018 Black Writers Conference Slam Champion, Mega Evers. As a teaching artist, she facilitates workshops, lectures, and programs for justice-involved juveniles, inmates, adults, and seniors. She is the program manager of Green Earth Poets Cafe, 501c3 Literary Arts Nonprofit Organization. As an entrepreneur, Najma's digital media business, Najma Designs, is known globally for the graphics, websites, marketing, and photography. Working with notable brands like Gap Inc. and being published in international publications such as Vogue Arabia and Newsweek. She is also the marketing director of the international film production company, Halaliwood Entertainment. Najma 53's goal is to continue utilizing her talents to spread powerful messages that foster positive changes in her community. Spoken Soul Family, without no further ado, let's welcome to the studio the one, the only, the beautiful Najma 53. What's good? What's good with you, Queen? What's good with you? What's up? Peace. 
How you doing, bro? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have you in the studio. I mean, this this interview was in the making for a minute. I mean, we worked so closely together. We've done so many different projects. And yes. I, I and I know firsthand of your many great talents, man. And I want to introduce the world on my platform, you know, just how dynamic you are. I mean, for real, like it's so many different things we gotta get into. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? My 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 audience is gonna, you know what I mean? They they always email me and they be like, yo, look, stick to the script. The number one question that I ask all my guests, and I'm very interested in hearing this from you, is why poetry? Why did you choose poetry as the medium that you use to to deliver your message? You know, why why poetry? It could have been anything else. Why poetry? Um, I strongly believe in the power of words. The whole entire concept of being it is to be able to see how powerful words are, how they affect people immediately, how they can stop things, start things. You know, my writing journey started when I was eight years old and I, you know, I wrote small poems, but where it really hit me was when I was a teenager watching my parents go through their divorce. And it was only through writing and poetry that it was a cathartic experience for me. And that allowed me to be able to get my thoughts out on paper. Mm. And ever since that point, I just held on to that. Mm. And when I saw how much poetry allowed a healing for myself, it was something about that that I said, I have to share this with others. And now, you know, even graduating to a point of being a teaching artist where I now teach poetry and creative writing mm. so I can help other youth, youth that are in the system, youth that are um, that are homeless, youth that are going through their own mental health challenges. I use poetry as therapy and I actually do creative therapy workshops as well, utilizing poetry. Mm. And and I've seen you at work. You know, what I mean, I, I've seen you at work just recently. We was just teaching artists in the um, workshop for Neon Arts, and yes. it was it was an amazing experience, man. First time being a uh, teaching artist for that program, and it was like wow, man. And I and I looked at your methods, and you got a lot of you got a lot of um, unique methods that are very effective. You know, because we was dealing with we was dealing with justice involved youth. And you know they got that 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 chip is that chip on their shoulder or that you know it's that guarded they're very guarded and they don't want to let they don't want to be vulnerable so you can see that coming into that space but the tactics that you use and you know the different techniques you use it breaks those walls down you find that common ground between them and you know and it's off to the races after that and i thought mm -hmm. that was just amazing the way you just did that so effortlessly you know you can tell that you was doing it for a minute and that you love doing it because you do care so i mean this piece I, we can't we just can't ignore what our ears just heard in the beginning mm -hmm. of the show now this piece right here, ladies and gentlemen, deep conditioning. This piece right here, every time I hear it, give me it give me goosebumps. Cause I heard I heard wow. the I heard the live version. I've seen you perform that piece. And when I heard the studio version, 
You know what I'm saying? Because I hadn't heard the studio version. But I went to your SoundCloud, and, and that version I just played, ladies and gentlemen, is on SoundCloud. Go check that out. Go check that out. And um, when I heard the studio version, I was like, oh, my goodness. That, you know, that drop from Malcolm, you know what I'm saying? It fits so well, and it's so deep. You know, I want you to explain, you know, what brought that. I kind of understand. I know what that poem means to me. But you as the writer of the poem, tell us, you know, what prompted that piece? You know, what was the what was the the, the the straw that broke the camel's back that that made you put that piece to paper? Um, so as a community activist, as a black woman in my community, um, I've been connected to, to Brother Malcolm, Malcolm X, for since I was about, man, 14 years old. Mm. So reading the autobiography of Mal- Malcolm X. Um, so what I used to do as a teenager was sit in my room and listen to his speeches and almost like memorize them. I was just in awe by his words and and he touched me so much. And And just in that time period, to be able to hear who taught you how to hate yourself and the black woman is the most disrespected in America. This is, this is powerful. And and this is set in the 1960s Mm. and we are now in 2022 and it's completely relevant today. Yes. So it was just something about the fact that we have to look at ourselves internally as the black community, where is the black dollar going? Mm. And the fact that our black dollars literally within six hours leave our community to Mm. go into the hands of another ethnicity that makes money off of us because we are consuming. Mm. So that whole entire piece is just about our consumption and the way because we are doing all these methods to show our self-hate, we are contributing to to literally the downfall of our community um, economically. Mm. And it's so. And I thought no one expressed that more than Malcolm because yes. he understood that impact. Yes. So I said, better than me say it, you know, I wanted to open up with my my inspiration. Mm. And that was Malcolm. And, yeah, and it takes that piece over to it takes it over the edge. It takes it over the edge. Like you hear that you hear that powerful speech of Malcolm and, and, and you hear it in your ear, man, that I love that speech, that particular. I love that speech. And um, that when when I hear that piece, because I also wrote a piece about consumerism and the black and and me personally, I take the stance that the only way, or I think that the the quickest way for us to be respected in this society, for us to to alleviate some of the problems that we face on the day to day, is that we can do it economically. The one thing that they do respect about black people is their spending power. The fact that we're the number one consumers in this country, you know, they're quick to take our dollar. So we got to understand and know what our dollar can do for us. Look at that in the terms of we're going to levy this dollar. You want this dollar so bad, then you're going to you're going to do what it takes, you know, to earn this dollar. It's not we're not going to give you our money anymore. And like you said, they come in our communities. They different stores i mean different ethnicities come into our community and it's like an unwritten rule for them that they say all right yeah let's go over and get some money over them 
Yeah, it's free money. It's free money. Nobody, nobody protests it. When when a new Chinese restaurant comes into the to, into the hood, black people go and throws. Oh, and we're gonna try them. I'm gonna go try their pork fried rice or whatever the case may be. And they go support and they patronize this the, the business that's taking the literal. I mean, literally taking the power outside of your community and using it to build their communities. Wonder why. I always you- ask the question. What um what ethnicity do you go to that have black businesses in their community? None. So then none. <laughs> do you go to a Jewish community and see black businesses? Nope. Do you do you are you going into white communities and seeing black businesses? Are you going into Asian communities and seeing black businesses? So why when you go into a black community do you see a Jewish, a Asian, mm-hmm. a white, mm-hmm. you know, an Arab? Yep. All eating off the black community. That's right. And it was such and we boldness. can't become entrepreneurs in their community. Exactly. That is a, a major problem. It's, an, it's a major problem. And, and and the thing is, we do it like the thing is, we we look in it like, oh no, I'm gonna support, I'm gonna support. We support everyone, everybody else. except for ourselves. When it comes to black support, that's when Things get shaky when it's like oh, it's a black Who taught owned you to business. Hate yourself? You know what I'm saying? Who taught you to hate yourself? And it's crazy because you see the manifestation right in our communities. Like I look at the projects, and when I look at the projects, I look at so much potential. I look at all the trades that's in this concentrated area. Why is all this money, all this power? Why is it not being circulated amongst the people in this neighborhood? We. Like you said, six hours, six hours, the mm-hmm. black six dollar. Six hours are our dollar leave. It's gone. It's gone. And, gone. We, and we take this power and just give it away. And then we wonder why we wonder why their neighborhoods look so good. We wonder why we go to the we go to the, the streets and the streets are paved nicely. Their, their, their communities are patrolled. You know what I'm saying? They're not harassed. Everything is good because they're taking your power and doing and, and using it to build their communities. And we got to understand And to put that. that into comparison in terms of other communities, the majority of other communities, their dollar stays within their community close to a month mm. to where our dollar stays in our community for only six hours. That is a major that's a, difference. That's a major difference. Major and it's, 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 it's something that we really need to think about. And I applaud you, sister. I really do for being able to put something like that out and it for it to be so awe-inspiring because it's, it needs to be heard. It really do need to be heard that, uh, that we need to understand what we have. When we go out and we work a nine to five, understand that your power is your money. This is a, this is a spending power that you can exact effective change in your community immediately because they want your money they want your money and only thing you got to do is stop patronizing these stores and they can't survive they can't survive you know what i mean they come into your community i said in the poem i said uh i said why none of the owners in the stores in your community look like you Mm. And, and and this is an open test go and if you ain't live in any black neighborhood go to the stores in your neighborhood and look for a black bodega face. corner store exactly liquor store exactly supermarket and they got it all fried chicken fast food store everything 
all of it is all the only black owned stores that you see in the hood that I see in my area that's black owned is the hair salons, the Africans mm, that, that's do, real. that do the hair. That's the only black stores you really see. Everybody else, they eating. They eating. And it's something that we need to pay attention to and address, really address it. But now let's get into the nitty gritty because you got some pieces, <laughs> man. You got some pieces. And it's another piece that I want that I, well, that piece is going to play, it's going to air on Friday. This Friday, I did a, okay. I did a panel discussion of uh, Roe v. Wade. And um, I played oh, nice. that, I played that piece. I played Angel Green. Angel Green. Ah. Now this piece right here, I'm gonna play it again. I'm gonna play it again, even though I'm, it's gonna be it's gonna play on Friday. I'm gonna play it again on this show because I want you to walk us through, you know, how was this poem? Because this poem, like when we guys, when you hear this poem, I mean, it it, it grabs you. It grabs you. Mm. This this poem grabs you, and it's a storyline, and you just gotta follow the storyline, and um. I thought it was so well put together and so well, you know, executed. I just thought that, that that we need to talk about, you know, what inspired this. Yeah, piece. this poem is a true story. So I'm going to just say that before you play. All right. So let's get into it. Let's uh, we're going to play. And, and y'all know I don't do this. I will have a spitting live. She will be spitting live, though. Don't don't get up. Sad. Yeah, don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get don't don't <laughs> Brooklyn get no building. Yeah, yeah, BK in the building. Yeah, she gonna be spitting live. But we gonna play this joint because I want to get into the the understanding of this piece. So, uh, let let me just introduce this piece. This is Angel Green from Najma Fifty Three. You hung yourself on the acceptance of others. Quilted with rope burned hands, a noose, a crown around your neck you were not able to let comfortably sit upon your head. You got dressed every morning with not rich enoughs, not pretty enoughs washed your face, struggled thick thighs into not skinny enough jeans, not liking what you saw in the mirror. I want a big sister you, pull you out of your bad reflections and I wish I was as popular as hers. I want a slumber party braid your hair, Play in your mama's makeup and pick colleges and cities that we want to travel and write you letters with pink gel pens that say BFF because forever seems so long at 14. Funny how you thought you'd be 14 forever. Wish you hung on to your 15th birthday to hope, hung on to more answers to this equation, but you hung on long enough for those who picked you apart to see your frail body hanging lifeless. Ending a whole autobiography when it should have been a life chapter. Now you won't get to see the next one. No high school. Never going to college. You haven't even failed your driver's license test for the first time. We'll never have your dream wedding. Never get to give birth to a girl with your eyes and defiant stubbornness. See your mother cry uncontrollably when she sees how beautiful of a woman you become. Now she cries for the wrong reasons. Like you cried for the wrong reasons, hearing only your echo in the dark tunnels, never seeing the light, never realizing you could be your own light. Oh, how I wish that switch would have flipped and you turned down the volume that you didn't give value to the sounds of those not worthy to even call your name. Angel, you slut, you whore, you bitch, you slut, you whore, you bitch, you stick, 
You stone, you words, you cut, you hurt, you kill. Only words, the power of words. People carry an arsenal, a death sentence of syllables. 26 letters configured the right way are capable of taking a life. What makes you fix your tongue to give out these verbal assaults? Your insecurities, your troubles at home, your need to claim power because some adult is making you feel powerless? They say hurt people hurt people. Well, hurt children, hurt by adults, learn to hurt other children. A cycle of shame, hiding the hurt only kills you, eating away at your life daily. Please, don't let our children use suicide letters as their first times to cry out that they are in pain. They have nothing to be ashamed of. Teach them to be their own light, blind their oppressors, to speak love languages. Teach them words like God like love, like heal, like hope, like help. An angel, she wrote her mother a letter on March 5th, and it said, bullying killed me, please get justice. Well, how many kids must die before justice is served? No. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, man. This joint, this, this. Every time. Oh my goodness, man. Whoa. This, like, break this piece down to us, man. Like, this piece right here, man, it just puts you in that, mo- in that mood. And it's like, it's like you telling the whole story, man. And it's like, wow. It's a tragic story. But let the people know. What what inspired this poem? So March 5th, Angel Green committed suicide. This is in Indiana. So um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And what happened was it was April, a month later. And um, April, as you know, is National Poetry Month. Mm-hmm. So I happen to be doing my 30 for 30. And I pick up the newspaper, the Daily News, and I'm reading the Daily News and it says, um, Dan, um, I think her name is Dan, Daniela Green, Angel Green's mom. She was actually um, visiting because she was working on getting a bill passed. And the bill passed was a billing bull, um, bill to try to get um, more awareness, to try to get legislation passed, to have um, education go inside the schools and train teachers and um, professionals within the school to be able to deal with bullying. Because if you understand what happened with her daughter, her daughter committed suicide because of excessive bullying for like over a year, calling her these names and bullying her and all that. And there was no justice. So when her daughter died, how she did it was she knew the kids on the bus that were going to be bullying her. They would drive past her house to that bus stop in the morning. Mm. So she timed it to be to, to commit her hanging at the tree at the bus stop. So when she hung herself, her body would be hanging in front of those students on that bus. Wow. So this was a statement from a wow. 14 year old girl crying for help. Wow. Because no 
teacher, principal, no one helped her when she was screaming out saying I was being bullied for a year. Wow. So in her letter to her mom, she said, bullying killed me, get justice. And that's what her mother did. She went and fought to fight legislation for accountability for bullying in schools and to also get training Mm. in the schools to help students that were being bullied. So I read that article during Poetry Month and it, as a mother myself, that tore me apart. Could you imagine planning your suicide Mm. so that people could see your body as a political statement to help victims of bullying? That's, it's, it's amazing. It tore me apart. It's crazy. And I immediately read that article and started writing my letter to Angel Green. Mm. Is it it def- tore me up. It's definitely a powerful piece because it's one of those pieces that grab you. And in th- in this in this society today, bullying has become it's it's become another thing. Like when we were growing up as kids, you, you we didn't call it bullying. You know what I mean? But there was bullying. There was bullying. But you had to be able to hold your ground being raised up in the streets of Brooklyn. People used to, you know, we used to rag on each other, diss each other, play the dozens and things of that nature. But to this level, this degree today with the Internet, where the Internet is different before when you go to school, this was your community. You know what I'm saying? This was this is just you. Nobody else knew about this. Now. When they bully people, they bully people for the world to see it. It's not just a, a bullying thing that, oh, this is happening in your school. This happening yet in your immediate area. No, it's but on your Snapchat is and it, your exactly. Instagram and so thousands of people. Thousands. So it's a whole different animal now. And I mean, I applaud you for this poem, man, because to just to have the awareness to write to the, you know, to write to what's going on dealing with this type of situation man i mean it's crazy man I, I couldn't i couldn't even imagine and you know i know it's so it's so rampant these days that people find things to to look at people and find things to snap on them about find things and that trolling that it's, trolling. it's, it's exactly. literally a, a career yep and it's become cool it's, it be, it's become one of them things that now is like okay uh I'm going to make this person, I'm, I'm going to get this person mad enough to try to do this. You got people who deliberately, I just interviewed a guy, Trey Brown. And um, in one poem that he had, he had recited, he was like, a girl told him to go kill yourself. She said, why don't oh, you go wow. kill yourself? You know what I'm saying? And he was, he was a young man at the time. Uh, and, and it was crazy. And he was like, wow, man. He was like, he wrote this poem called the light at the end of the tunnel. And it was like, wow, he's like, you going to tell me to kill myself? Like, it's to that degree. And they don't know the ramifications of what they're saying because they don't understand that words are very powerful. Words are very powerful. And the the way how you said that in the in the piece is how you can construct these 26 letters. You know, you can construct these in, in, in a way that- 26 letters to take a life. To take a life. I mean, to literally take a life and and it's powerful. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's bullshit. Yeah. Words, words do hurt. Words hurt. They hurt. They hurt. And they have a lasting impact. So I applaud you for that piece. Sister. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So, so the last thing I want to um, say about that, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I'm, I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a poet. 
you know, I wrote a poem that touched me. I did not know this young Indiana girl, you know, living there. But I, I, I was I connected to the piece because it was humanity. Mm. So after I wrote the piece, I recorded it in a studio. I put it up on YouTube. And sometime later, Daniela Green actually reached out to me. Wow. And she got to hear my poem. Wow. And um, she wrote she wrote this message to me. She said, thank you so much for this. Mm. She said, your words are absolutely beautiful. Angel was and still is the light of my life. Losing her was the most unimaginable pain. Angel fights through me and guides me for what I need to do next. I may never see or hear my daughter again, but I will work so that no other parent has to say goodbye to their angel. Thank you so much again. Wow, man. Powerful. It's powerful stuff. That's powerful, man. I like the hairs on my hand. Like, and this is what... It's standing up straight. My the hairs on my hand, on my arm is standing up straight, man, because I feel this emotion so strongly. And um it's a powerful piece. When I when I heard the piece, I was just going through your playlist and I heard that piece, it just it stopped me. I was like, whoa. I'm like, this is a this is a powerful piece. And I'm glad you you came on the show and you gave us context to it, man, because uh wow, profound profound my sister so now let, let me let me let me ask you because we both you know you're you're a practicing muslim sister you're a practicing muslima you know and you you wear your islam people know who you are they know when they see you they see islam you're always covered and you always represent islam in your poetry so me be coming from an islamic background as well and and we share in the same faith, you know. Tell us what was it like for you, you know? Because I have a, I have a story about what it was like for me making that transition when I decided that I wanted to do poetry or music. And because we know the we know the stance on music and Islam, but when doing poetry, was did you have any type of roadblocks or stumbling blocks for you making that transition to poetry because you did have a deal at one time right you was you were signed yeah to I, a label. I was signed yeah you were signed to a label as a hip-hop artist yeah i was signed as a hip-hop artist and that was also around the same time i was transitioning into converting to islam mm. so um i made the, the personal decision to kind of walk away from that deal mm. and and kind of leave music or, or and pretty pretty much art period for a while, so it was it was some years, and then I decided you know my love for art, poetry, everything you know I, I really wanted to tap back into it, so um, I came back as you know as a poet instead of a hip hop artist, and because it, at the end of the day even hip hop is is words and mm-hmm. poetry you know alongside music, mm-hmm. so I came back as a poet, and I will say. For the most part, I've had positive feedback as as a um, as a female poet, you know, as a Muslim, because um, I don't think you have to decide between the two. And most people, if they really understand Islam, they know that there is a history of poetry in Islam. That's right. So there's there's a history of the fact that poets were a part of the language. You know, poets wrote um, poetry during the time of the Prophet Muhammad. 
they they wrote about things. They wrote about their faith and spirituality. They wrote about what was going on in the times. So this was this was actually a very common thing that poets existed in that time period. Mm. So um, so so I feel like I am just continuing the lineage of you know my ancestors, those that came before me. Mm. And when we go into even you know my African history, understanding the griot and the oral history, that's right, and the fact that our oral history has been passed down. Or as a Muslim, when I look at the Quran, the Quran is the only scripture where it is actually memorized by heart. Mm-hmm. And there are more people throughout the whole entire world that have memorized the whole entire Quran orally. That's right. So this is a part of our history. You know, so so to practice the oral tradition of being able to write the spoken word and to bring that word to life, this is a part of my legacy. Mm. So I feel like I'm just continuing that practice. Because mm. it, it's deep, man, because you because you got some notable Muslim poets like a, a, another poet that I know uh, who I, I love this brother. Um. Amir Suleiman. Oh yeah. yeah I've got to share the stage with him and yeah. Amir is a beast. Yeah, he's a he's a monster. Deaf poet. Yes, yeah. Definitely. And um I I used to listen to his poetry and I would find that, you know what I'm saying, I would find that comfort. Because I used to get a little bit of a, I used to get a little bit of flack. You know, because I, I a lot of my stuff, I ain't gonna say a lot, but a good portion of my stuff is mixed down with music or I use the element of music to accompany, accompany the poetry. So, you know what I'm saying? So some, you know, you know, some brothers be, Oh, you can't listen in the music and all this. And, um, I had some, some, you know what I'm saying? Some tribulations with that, but I did find that, when I made that transition to start doing spoken word, because I would do it in the closet for a minute. I would just write and nobody, <laughs> and nobody would know. Certain people would, would read my stuff, but for the most part, I wouldn't share it like that. Nobody knew me as a poet. You know what I mean? Certain brothers that was close to me would say, yo, that brother can write some poetry, whatever. But when I made that transition and say, I'm going to, I'm going to do poetry. I'm going to, I'm going to really perform. Put it I, out there. Yeah, I'm going to put it out there. And, and it was, I, for me, it was one of the best decisions I could have made because it's something that I really wanted to do. I felt that it was necessary and I felt that words can really heal. And I see that you follow along that same path. And I noticed that you're never talking about nothing, you know, frivolous. You're never talking about nothing vain in your poetry, all your poetry, every, every part, poem I ever heard you recite, spit, perform has always had an underlying message, has always been something positive, has always been something to bring awareness to something. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you know where I got that from? So um, Nina Simone, Mm. Nina Simone said the job, you know, the job of the artist is to reflect the times. That's right. And that quote was very powerful to me. And when we just think about, you know, just our predecessors, you know, what is the artist supposed to do? It's, it's so interesting today, you know, and, and I'm not against, you know, mm-hmm. have throwing on a record and having fun, you know, putting putting on something just to feel good because art has that effect. But the artist that I am, you know, being mm-hmm. the activist that I am, being a part of the history that I'm a part of. Um, I do believe that a part of my purpose in poetry and writing 
is to teach. Mm. And I am an active teacher, an educator. So because I know that that's a part of my gift, I have the ability to explain and put things out there and teach you something. I know that a part of my, you know, my legacy and my writing is my writing has been placed here. This gift has been given to me as a conduit to teach. That's right. So I believe that fully. That's real. That's real. Because I I interview Nagoma Hill. And the the legend. (laughs) And 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 I asked Nagoma something similar to that, and and he was like, he was like, he's like, I ain't I ain't writing no poems to pretty much impress you. I'm writing poems. <laughs> I'm writing poems to get that message out there. You know what I mean? And the activism in his poetry is like wow. And when he said that, I was like, yo, out of this world. Yeah, that's the elder. So when I'm when I when when he said that to me, I'm like, wow. It just reinforced that principle in me you know what i mean your words got to be something more and you got to do something productive with them because like all of us we have that ability to be able to write and put words and make things sound slick and i think it's a responsibility for us for our community to inspire as opposed to just doing it for no reason man just just spitting stuff you know and um I think I think that every time, man, I've never heard you spit a vain poem. And I've been around <laughs> you for years. Like I've heard you spit bad times. And I've never heard you spit a vain poem. Like, yo, I'm just swagger jacking. I've never heard it. Every poem I've ever heard you spit was just pretty much you're teaching something, man. So shout out to you for that. We appreciate it. Oh, that. thank you. Now I gotta set up the stage because, you know. My audience is going to kill me. Like, yo, you, she didn't spit live yet. She didn't spit live yet. So I got a request. I got a request. Okay. I want you to spit live on the Spoken Soul Sessions podcast, your piece that you got called Lineage. Now, this piece Ooh. right now, now, this piece right here. Now, I'm going to let y'all know, ladies and gentlemen, Najman's not a slam poet, but she slams. <laughs> She's not a slam poet, but she slams. And I know firsthand that she slams because we were in the Peabody, the Yale Peabody slam, and she just went in there and demolished that joint. You know what I'm saying? And when I tell you, when I tell you, it wasn't no lightweights there. It was no, no lightweights there. It was heavy hitters in that building. I mean, we traveled all over. I came from Brooklyn. You had a whole bunch of other different poets that came from all parts of the tri-state area. And it was, it was a, it was a, it was a beautiful slam. And she went in there and demolished that joint. So that piece. It was a nerve-wracking slam. You, you couldn't tell. I was terrified. You, you couldn't tell. You definitely As a matter of fact, Ngoma, who you talked about, it, mm-hmm. this slam is an invitational. It's only invitational. I don't slam, but he invited me. Mm-hmm. And I said, the le- a legend invited me. I can't say no. Go. That's what I said. So that, so that is the <laughs> only reason why I slammed. It was nerve wracking the whole entire time. It was amazing though. Your performance, that performance was amazing. You had to be there. And yeah, like you said, it was an invitational only. So Nagoma, he invited me. And when I got the invite, I was like, 
and going to invite me something. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. what? I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to make out the stuff I had to do to make that happen. I had to do all types of stuff. Take to time off the traveling. Yeah, to, to go. Yeah. yeah it's to, Yale. That, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that joint right there was just, it was amazing. But you was amongst heavy hitters. And oh, you yeah. came out and you came out Victoria. That that's the slam right there. That my real. goal was just not to be the worst poet. What? You... I, I was not thinking about taking home the championship because the poets were phenomenal. Yes, they were phenomenal. They had some heavy hitters there. When I was on the train going, because I took the the Amtrak or something there, and when I was on the train going there. I seen some of the contestants. I seen some of them. I seen wow. one dude over there practicing. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna stay low. I'm being, I'm being a cut. I'm gonna stay low. But that that joint was official. It had some heavy hitters there, and you, that joint was crazy. But this was the piece that you did that pretty much won the piece. So I want yes. you just please reenact that moment. For the Spoken Soul wow. family. And uh, let me introduce that. Let me introduce you. Let me set the stage up for you. Coming back to the stage or coming to the stage for the first time. Let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, Najma, 53. Bassinet capsizing, drowning, becoming the Niles princess daughter, a wing gust away from having a pharaoh as a father, unwrapped mummy, lost daughter of Bilal, inheriting the voice of a caller. They buried me in the sands of Medina, baby girl, swallowing sand, they unearthed me, under the Mason Dixon in the cotton fields of the South, learning to read illegally the words my daddy scribed. Young toddler of Frederick. Harriet fed me gunpowder, pride, and sweet milk from her bosom. Carved Andinkra symbols on the soles of my feet. The dog sifted my raw scent and sacrificed me to the river. I washed up on the banks of Alabama. Missed the bus Rosa was on by a minute. Babylon is a place in a hymn my mother sang about, where men escaped the lynchers' rope. But I couldn't escape. The air filled with dynamite and smoke. They found me in the rubble. One of four little girls unrealized and knowing death's purpose all too well. As my father held an AK looking out the window, I could hear his muffled voice to this day. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Falling, falling, get your hand out my pocket, get your hand out my pocket. She couldn't hold me and hold her husband, our blood mixing on the floor of the Autobahn. A seventh daughter interrupted, tell me how many times must they die in a pool of their own melanin? Call Huey, Angela, and H-Rap to avenge me. They keep asking me, are you ready to die for this? Are we learning from our ancestors, our, our murderers, our greatest teachers? Emmett Till's killers drop mixtapes every season. Remix how many ways to die. Kill my father, kill my sons, leave me no husband. Benson, Hurston, Watts is still burning. I cannot find my parents. I am tired of being orphaned. Tell me, how many times must they lie in a pool of their own melanin? We are a people lost and found. We will stay lost until we're found. So please tell Amadou, I have his wallet. Sean Bell, his wedding day. Oscar Grant's daughter, I have her childhood as a daddy's girl. 
I wear Trayvon and Michael Brown's graduation cap with pride. I breathe again so Eric Gardner can stand up and straighten my spine for Walter Scott and Freddie Gray. We are a people lost and found. Danina, send me to my home going in the voice of peaches. No water down mass or dying in vain. Ring the alarm. Sound the trumpet of Israfil. It's time to wake up these orphans. Let them rise from their slumber and connect with their lineage. Thank you very much. Oh my goodness. One more time for the sister. Y'all see what I mean? Y'all see what I mean? Y'all see that poem right there, man. That poem right there. And it was for it was for Malcolm's because that because that slam was in commemoration. It was for Malcolm X's birthday. It was no no no. That one was um Martin Luther King. That was yeah, that was Martin Day. Luther King. Yeah. That was yeah, that was yeah, that was Martin yeah. Luther King's day. It was Martin Luther King's day. But uh you did that piece, but that piece was talking about Malcolm though. It was talking about a whole was, bunch of it stuff. It was a history. It, it was police brutality. Yeah, it exactly. Was, like all board everybody. Yeah, yeah. Every, every every like all the like for the last ten years, you went back to Malcolm, but it's I like you, back, you yeah, went to I back start, and, and you started from Malcolm and went mm-hmm. up and went the up. The history of pretty much like what black people have been going on in this yes. in this country. Yes, that 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 poem is powerful, man, and it's called lineage, lineage. Yeah, the the video is um is on YouTube. Y'all go check that out. Y'all go check that out, and you got the studio version to that. Yeah, the, the studio SoundCloud. version is on the EP on SoundCloud as yes. well. The name of that the name of that EP is Tarantula. Tarantula. That's right. That joint is fire. That's yeah. That's a that's a easy. You know what I'm saying? You can just put that on and just let it go. You ain't got to skip nothing. You just let it go. You just put that joint on. And just go and put it on the playlist and just let it go. That joint got bangers on it, man. That and and it's, it's it goes with that whole entire idea. Why is it Tarantula? It's because um, we're all caught up in the web. Mm. And so I wanted to address the social ills, things that were going on in, in this um, in this country, and just in my whole entire experience, period. So I do talk about bullying, Islamophobia is, is on it, racism, mm. colorism, sexism, mm. um, every possible problem that's currently going on that I saw. I have a piece that talks about it on Tarantula. That's dope, man. It's dope, man. That album is dope. And I was like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe. I was like, yo, why I didn't hear this before? Like this joint right here go hard, like for real, for real. Like go hard, go hard. Do you got it on Amazon or 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 um Apple Music or anything like that? Is that available for purchase? I do not. You I just give it. You I just probably give, need just, to do that. Yeah, you just giving the jewels away for free. See how this how generous this sister it, is. It was it was like a, <laughs> it was an EP. So the thing is, I have I have an album. I was selling it. Um, it was on my website. Things like you know, like that. But dope. The it's, point. The but this particular EP was really about the message. Mm, I feel you. And. um I had a lot to spit at the time. There was just so much going on that I just wanted to say. And 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 um I needed to just really release that project. Yeah, that joint right there, man. That that joint is classic. 
I can say that's a classic piece because like every piece I heard and I listened to the whole thing, every piece I heard on that joint was fire, like fire. You know what I mean? So when I actually heard the studio version of, of deep, of deep conditioner, like when the beat came on, I was like, yo, I'm like, yo, this joint go. Oh, shout out to my producer. Oh yeah. Shout out to your producer. Who is your producer, man? Shout him out. Yeah. Yeah. How's he sign um, for the lover's music? Yeah, um, that he's it, that was a work of art. Like us working together, producing it. Um, yes, I, I'm really, really proud of that EP. Yes, that joint is official, man. That joint is mixed down beautifully. The beats are on point, man. It complements your voice. I, yeah, I love that. I love that joint, man. That joint is that joint is fire. And I heard you perform that deep condition. I don't know how many times I heard you spit that piece <laughs> live. And when I heard the studio version, I was like, yo, where this joint been at, man? I suppose that is on my playlist, <laughs> B. That joint fire. But yeah, man, I, we got to get you to spit something else before you leave. But uh, okay, you know what I'm saying. But I want to get into your other accolades, like oh, like this. Let's let's not just act like this sister ain't no top notch photographer, man. Like your wow. graphic designs, <laughs> graphic designer, you a photographer. You know, I mean, like the list goes on. But tell us some about your photography because I actually happen to have to see some of your work and some of the the pictures that you take and like whoa. Like that one picture you took of the sister with the with the hijab and thing, and she was holding her son. Yo, oh, yo, her daughter. Her yeah, daughter. she's holding her daughter. Yeah, that, oh, that went viral. Man. That that picture is like I could stare at that joint for hours. It's so it's it's so many things that's in that. So tell us, how did you get into the photography? So my, my background my degree is actually in fashion design. Mm. So I have a degree in fashion. And where I've worked for like multiple companies for well over 10 years doing um, fashion design and graphic design for fashion companies. Mm. So I was a senior graphic designer for The Gap for about four years. Mm. I, you know, I worked for Rockwear. I worked for Calvin Klein. I worked for Macy's. Like I, I can go on and on and on. Um, mainly doing, you know, sportswear, urbanswear, womenswear, childrenswear. So I was doing that for that time. So it just made sense with my career in fashion. That, you know, when I got into photography, I became a photographer by accident. It's, mm. it's like the weirdest story ever. I was with a friend of mine that I was um, designing for and she was a she was a hip hop artist and she got um, invited to perform at an event in Miami, a really big event. And at the time, my little point and shoot camera broke. I ended up buying a professional DSLO um, our camera and just throwing it in my bag. It was still in the box. Like I did not know how to use it. Mm. But because I was running around Miami with this artist and taking her picture on automatic very terribly, people thought like, oh, that's her photographer, her special photographer. She's walking around with her photographer. Mm. And the Jersey Shore just happened to be shooting and filming their show at the same time. And the pictures I took of her with the Jersey Shore got published. Wow. And did I I'm a photographer? <laughs> wow. So that's I became a photographer by accident. But I w- I was actually a really horrible photographer because I was not, you know, wanting to be a photographer. So what ended up happening is I got booked to do fashion, you know, shoot for a designer. And because my love was in fashion, I was, you know, 
oh my God, I want these pictures to look good. Mm. So I actually started to self-teach myself real photography because it wasn't that I was a horrible photographer. It's just that I didn't find something, a subject to shoot that I was passionate about. Mm. And when it clicked and I found a subject I was passionate about, I actually got invested in becoming an actually really good photographer because I had a message to say through photography. Dope. And that's what I did. I started shooting the things that I wanted to see. Mm. So that's how I became a photographer. Najum Designs photos. My, my whole entire business is Najum Designs. And that houses the graphics, the photography, the marketing, and, you know, all of that under one house. And it was just, you know, very important for me to, to bring a message. So even again, even though it's not um, poetry, I'm still bringing a message home right. with my design, with my photography. So um, how I got published um, twice now in Vogue, I, I've been in um, Vogue Arabia and then I've been in Teen Vogue twice, mm. um, was again shooting Muslim women and the beauty of Muslim women, modest women. And, and my shots for that made it into Vogue. But then again, in this past, in the past two years, um, I had a whole entire article printed of my work for the joy covering the George Floyd um, and protesting how Muslim women protested in 2020. Wow. So if you look that article up, all the photos that were featured in that article is my work. Wow. And um, I was a part of myself and, and two other Muslim women putting on protest in Brooklyn, New York against the, the killing of George Floyd. Mm. So, again, as you can see, as an artist, the whole entire point is to have a message, to have this activism, to be out here is, and making this art matter and, right. and making a difference. So I do that through my photography as well. Indeed so, man. And when I tell you it's dope, like, where, where's the website we can go to check out your gallery? Like, to see... To so, see um, and Najim Designs Photos on Instagram and on Facebook as well. So N-A-J-M Designs with an S on the end, and you'll find all things Najim Designs. Definitely, man. Y'all go check her out. You can see some of her work. And I'm telling you, top-notch photography, man. Great Yo, photography. Look me. <laughs> <laughs> Word, man. Now, now I got to get you to spit again. I got to get you to spit. Matter of fact, I'm going to hope, can you give us a back-to-back -back piece? Because we coming, we running out of time. But okay. I want I want to get them to hear you spit live and get that feel. So this is your choice. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to set the stage up for you, and you just go where your heart tell you to go. You spit what you want to spit. It's going to be dope, whatever it is. So come coming back to the stage. Matter of fact, do you want me to play? I can play, Um, if you need a little bit of time, I can play some words from our sponsor, give you a little bit of time, and I can set the stage after that. You want me to do that? Or you got I mean, I'm ready whenever you go, but I know you got to pay the bills, so hit the sponsors. All right, <laughs> let me hit the sponsors real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. This is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you, his listeners, and all spoken word artists, 
writers and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com. And we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, Najma, 53. This piece is called Media, emphasis on capital M-E, and this is a personification. In a, in a gigabyte world, we are all wired hard drive without any software. No eye care, just YouTube. There is only room to ubu. Google over myself today, please. Like me, selfie, self-worth questionable. I see my value only when you appraise me. So praise me. Google plus email blast, blasphemy. Be in my circle, be in my circle. Holy, Insta, more valuable than scroll, replacing scripture. Get your, get the picture, if not upload with virtual confidence. Consequence, no virtues or common sense. In a popularity contest, a rat race, no one sees the pet, just the cheese. So we just chase the dog, forget the fleas. That's why a holy man can say, you will never see you in the strip club. Because we don't love them hoes, but we just like their twerk videos. Real life versus screen life, behind the scenes, hypocrisy, atrocity. It's hip to hop on anything that's hot. It's not exactly about doing it. You just got to be next to it or in front of it, adjacent to the work, never chasing the work. So y'all going to get this work. Hashtag buy into my image price tag. I am not social butterfly. I am social media. Wikipedia, inaccurate, birth of internet, immaculate. It's like you actually believe it's never been touched, never been touched. Extra virgin, your version, out of touch with reality. What you see is not what you get. Take the filter off the picture, control, alt, delete, reset. Autocorrect can't fix this awkward state we're in. We do it now just to be seen. We see it now because we don't do. The voyeurs and the exhibitionists trying to see whom impress who. Narcissism.com.net. Caught up in our own vanity. Click, click, scroll, right, retweet. Just to keep up with our own sanity. How do you don't know your neighbor's name but can fall in love through a screen? We don't imagine anymore because we just download a dream. Plugged in, unable to detach from the hardware that they're feeding you. We're too commercial to even care because we're the new slaves of social media. Fire, fire. I just, <laughs> I just thought I'd say that. You don't go back to back? Yeah, go back to back. Go back to back. Go I... back to back. I speak through. I'm not a terrorist, more into extortion. I'm pro-life, but into track abortion. Cause I'll kill a beat without leaving a portion. Won't give the cookies without reading a fortune. Can't pass me up. 
No, I'm not Mike Vick because I'm wife material and never played a side chick. Grind so much. People call me cokehead because of all the dust that's sprinkled over my bread. The hardest working Muslim in the biz. Five times five, five job, five kids, five prayers a day. Five times ten is what I made an hour while some pretend. Thankful for the blessings of my Lord, I won't deny. Let ilaha illallah, I wear it till I die. Here to leave a legacy, an imprint on this earth. And if I'm not doing that, then I should have died at birth. But it's not about the rhyme. It's about the words. So I'm going to tell you why I speak poet. I breathe through paper. Get high off blue lines, loose off the leaf that binds me. Black ink drips like IVs. I scratch sheets that's ivory in a league that's IV. Get you green like IV. Till a state of envy, leave me empty. Let you feed off my nouns, devour my vowels and sounds. Pronounce my pronouns in a way that's profound. Just to get you to listen, I leave you no decision but to pay attention to my electric slide vocabulary from cardiac to pulmonary, or simply put. I breathe words from my heart. It's a necessity for me to ingest how I feel, then spew bulimically because I can't stomach these words, so it's okay to call me ill because I'm not well. Withdrawal if my pages stay blank for too long, the mic ain't on for too long, these seats stay empty for too long. I panic because even though I prefer a dark room, I like the spotlight on for this pain I consume. Don't you get it? I'm selfish. Ego soaks ink, self-absorbed, overthink every thought to the brink. I'm a cliffhanger. My words hang in the balance or fall to give me that balance I seek. So I let these demons seek. That's why I speak beast. I'm fluent in ogre and goblin and dragon. The vampires are head over heels, but the goons understand me. And the fairies are dizzy and the maidens confuse. Princesses not amused because they misconstrue. Amuse with the muse. I'm here to inspire you not to entertain so my war won't be in vain. I let you watch me self-help like a bullet to the brain. I told you, I breathe words. It's like I have to possess, but not possession. I don't own what I say, inspired by the most high to be given away. I detonate tongue like match kerosene. I spit, spark words like pheromones, verbal pyrotechnics. I inhale this, use literary therapy to remedy, translate, moderate, alleviate, and elevate. So please tune in, because this is how I use my voice. This is my language. Of choice, I speak poet. Thank you very much. Fire, fire, fire. Oh my goodness, man. Oh man, that piece right there, B, you just go ham on that joint. You just lose. I, I, I actually heard you perform that piece live and you always go bananas on that piece right there. You said you speak ogre, you fluent in ogre, goblin, and what else? <laughs> the goons I was, I was saying the goons and the goblins, yeah. <laughs> Word, B. That piece is fire, man. Listen, I really appreciate, because I know you're busy, you're always traveling, you're always doing stuff, and for you to take this time out to come spend this time on the show, I really, really, really appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know I'm a fan of your work. You know what I mean? I'm a fan of what you do. And I really, you know, likewise, really, really man, it's a, it's a pleasure to, to share this field with you and to have worked with you. Most definite, Queen. Most definite, man. And, you know, we didn't did plays together. You didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't oh, did I'm, everything. We, we didn't we, did everything, we, we, we man. In the mud. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know what I mean? So this was just like the, the, the full circle. And I appreciate you coming through. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I want you guys to go out there. Check out Najim Designs. Go check her out, man. Go on SoundCloud and 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 check out that Tarantula while it's still free. Check it out while it's still free because that joint's supposed to be on Apple Music getting getting mad downloads. So go go check it out before it is not there. No yeah, more. let's speak that into existence. <laughs> Word, because that joint is fire. Yeah, you got twenty four hours. You know what I'm saying? Go go listen to that, man. But definitely, I appreciate you, Queen, for coming through, man. You know, sitting down with us, man, and inspiring us like you always do, man. It's always yeah. A no, pleasure. thank you for having me. This this has been a, a a lot of fun. Most definitely, man. I appreciate you, Queen. And I hope to have you back on the show with some of these panel discussions because your mind, the way you you think and the solutions that you have to certain of our problems, I think need to be heard, and we need to explore those things. So I would love to have you back on the show when we have a panel discussion and we can get in some of the topics that affect our community. You know, and oh you can, yeah, you can I'd love to do that. Yes, you can lend us your activism voice, man. And you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Definitely, man. So, definitely, Queen. I appreciate you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I appreciate. Wa alaikum salam to the barakatuh. Peace and blessings to everybody out there listening. Most deaf, most deaf. Now, y'all know what time it is. This is the time right now where I gotta address my audience. But in order to do that, I gotta get my my music my music right. And uh, it's it's just something about this this track. It's something about this that just, just, just screams inspiration. So I want to inspire you before I leave. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, understand that we have work to do and it's time to get it. I hope, I hope, I hope you are content in your own skin. I hope you know that you are worth everything. I want you to know that you're validated. You're validated today, tomorrow, and beyond. It's time for us to start walking in our truth. Let's get it. If you don't know anything about me, I want you to understand this one principle is that I love you. I really do love you. And I hope I hope you love me too. Peace.